Welcome to the Avail Podcast, where we dig deep and talk about the art of leadership. My name is Virgil Sierra, and today we're sitting down with pastor, founder, author, and leader, Sean Lovejoy, to discuss his new book, Building a Killer Team Without Killing Yourself or Your Team. From culture and systems to conducting effective meetings, this book is a thorough guide for leaders to build and maintain a killer team. So buckle up your leadership seatbelts and let's get started. Sean, it's so good to have you with us here on the Avail Live Call webinar. Virgil, so great to be with you. You know, I love you, believe in you, believe in what you're doing. And of course, I believe in all that Avail's doing for Christian leaders out there everywhere. It is such an honor for us to spend some time with you, Sean. You know, you know, I think I think that a lot of people might be like me. We we see Sean Lovejoy, you know, at a conference. Uh, we've we've read some of the books. We we're we're consuming some of the resources. And let me just say, I'm personally super honored and blessed to be able to share this time with you as as are our Avail listeners and viewers that connect here every month on this monthly Avail Live Call webinar. We're excited to get into your new book, and, and I can't wait to kind of tap into some of that wisdom and insight. Are you pumped? Do you enjoy these kind of live sessions? Oh, yeah, man. Anytime we get a chance to connect into <laughs> leaders like this, it's so much fun. It is a blessing. So, hey, Avail people, Avail family, let me just say we have a great privilege today to be here right now with the one and the only Sean Lovejoy. Sean, I, before we kind of dive right into the book, which I want to do right away, can you just can you just share a little bit about yourself? I, I want those leaning in, maybe maybe those who are hearing your name for the first time or getting acquainted with you or maybe heard your name but don't know you. Can you just give us a little bit of a summary of who is Sean Lovejoy and how did you get to where you are? Sure. Well, I was a real estate developer, uh, turned church planter, turned mega church pastor, turned coach, <laughs> and uh, started coaching pastors about 20 years ago. I'm not that old, Virgil, but <laughs> I realized that that I had a, a gifting and a calling and a wiring to yeah. sort of help churches get better between Sundays. But my missional engagement was also business people. Like I just mm. love being around business people. I, I had a former life in the business world and and uh, began to consult with some business people and realized over time, I'm a pretty good pastor, uh, preacher, but I, but I prefer the boardroom and the coffee shop, you know, more so than even the big stage. So I, I can teach, I can preach. I still get a chance to do that plenty, but made the second scariest decision I've ever made eight years ago to hand off the church I birthed in my living room, led it to be a mega church with multiple campuses and hand it off to, to coach full time with potentially more influence. And man, it was the second scariest decision I've ever made after after starting the church. But God has brought that dream to reality and he's multiplied my influence and impact and honored to be, you know, on the show today as evidence of that. I love that. You know, I love hearing the stories behind, you know, just people of the Lord that that you know, you you don't know how they got there, and I love hearing that. It it wasn't like one kind of one stop. It's just been a process and a journey, which I think is what leadership is all about. Um, so let's talk about let's talk about your new book, and this is the Avail Book of the Month, Building a Killer Team. What inspired you to write this book? Well, of course, I started studying like organizational design. Uh, you know, probably fifteen years ago, I started teaching leadership, and then I started studying like what 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 makes a fast growing church. 
and what causes church to get stuck. I actually studied the 10 fastest growing churches as identified by Outreach Magazine. Hmm. Now, those pastors were probably exaggerating a little bit, I'm just saying, but <laughs> it was the best, some of the best research that we had. And interestingly enough, there wasn't a common denominational thread. There wasn't a common music style or worship style thread. There wasn't even a common discipleship approach thread. But everywhere where I saw a fast growing church, that it was healthy, that was sustaining that growth, I saw what I call the three gears of growth, culture, team, and systems. Nice. Where they had a vibrant magnetic culture, and they had a highly aligned, highly talented, cohesive leadership team, and they had a simple plan that they worked with great relentlessness. Mm -hmm. The church grew. And I saw churches of all denominational persuasions, all kind of background, charismatic, non-charismatic, you know, grow. Where does a church get stuck? It's usually not because the pastor loves Jesus less than someone else. <laughs> it's, it's usually because it's a culture issue or it's an issue with the team or it's an issue with the systems. And we've been coaching on and around that um, for about 12 years now. And um, the, the building a killer team was really my effort to sort of build out that team gear, if you will, into a framework, into a job description. Okay, if, if the team really does make all the difference, John Maxwell said it all rises and falls on leadership. I would actually say that works to about 100 or 200 in attendance in the church. Uh-huh. The truth is everything rises and falls on the leadership of the team. Team. If you're going to get beyond 100, 200 people in attendance. So you got to build a team, not just a team, a killer team. And I got, I got the book and the idea for all of this out of this really cool book called The Bible. Um, <laughs> when Jesus got ready to change the world. I mean, if anyone had the right to say, hey, I'm the man. I don't need anybody. I can put the movement on my shoulders and make it happen. Jesus could have said that. But what does he do? He seeks out men to reproduce himself in and founded a movement. And, and sometimes we like undersell the disciples. It was a killer team. Yep. I mean, the apostle Peter preached his first message filled with the Holy Spirit and 3000 people got saved. Come Did on. that happen in your first message, Virgil? <laughs> not me, not I. I mean, Pete <laughs> could preach, you know what I'm saying? And then the apostle Paul, his messenger to the Gentiles, I mean, most scholars believe he would have tested out as a genius when it comes to I, on the IQ scale. Yeah. So he didn't just pick living, breathing people like we do sometimes in our churches. Yeah. He picked people that were diamonds in the rough, but had a high ceiling and filled with the Holy Spirit, had a lot of capacity to lead a movement. And I see churches like settling for a lesser dream than that so often and Christian leaders as well. That's so good. I think, you know, when I, when I'm thinking of what you're talking about and, 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 you know, obviously here at Avail, we're, we're talking about, we're talking to leaders. Um, and, and I'm, my assumption is, but let me not assume, let me ask you as you're, as you wrote this book, right. And now as you have it and, and, and you're saying, you know, Lord, here it is, who are you targeting? Who, who are you, who do you want to get these, this book into the hands of? Interestingly enough, you know, it, it scales, you know, especially in the Westernized church today, the issues we deal with when it comes to HR. Mm -hmm. and staffing and hiring and firing and staff meetings, recruiting, reviewing, releasing people, you know, sometimes off the team. Patrick Lindsay only calls it managing people off the team. What we do is not that much different than the mm -hmm. average CEO or C-suite leader out there today in the westernized type church, you know, where we hire and fire people and we, yeah. we recruit people. Sometimes we 
they're good for nothing, and sometimes they're paid to be good in the church. That's the two categories of people in the church. It really yeah. doesn't matter. I mean, we still have to select and deselect people. We still have to, re, you know, uh, recruit people to a cause. And sometimes we have to figure out how to deal with underperformers. And God forbid, you know, that need come to, to release someone from the team, how to have better meetings, all mm -hmm. that we talk about in the book in a play-by-play -play type of format. Yeah, you know, I got to be honest with you, uh, Sean, you know, I love the title of the book <laughs> and, and, and just hearing you, just hearing you describe a little bit of why and the heart behind it. Um, man, I, I, I love this topic. And I think a lot of leaders do, um, and a lot of pastors and ministry leaders do because, because we've realized the importance, the importance of it, but let's go to the terminology, right? You, you call it, uh, uh building a killer team. C can you just talk a little bit about, about what that terminology means? You know, cause I, cause I know, I know, I, I know what I, what I think it means, but what does it mean to build a killer team? And then also, would you say that this is common? Are, are we commonly seeing leaders build killer teams? Well, first of all, it's not a permission to be a, a, a leader <clears throat> who kills people. <laughs> the tagline of the book is very significant to me, building a killer team without killing yourself or your team. I mean, that's just as important to me as the, the lead title. And so yep. if, 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 you're, if you're building this extraordinary thing, you feel like God's called you to build, and you're leaving a bloodbath of, of human beings not good. in your wake, that, that doesn't honor Jesus. Mm -hmm. So I'm not giving you permission to kill people as a leader, and it certainly doesn't have to kill you. Mm -hmm. you know, the adjective description of the word killer <clears throat> means to be strikingly impressive. Come on. And that's the kind of teams that we that I want to see the church of Jesus Christ build, but frankly, Christian CEOs build. I mean, I, I think Christian companies ought to be the greatest companies in the world. I mean, yep. we all we have the textbook, you know, from our Lord and Savior mm -hmm. on how to do this, how to build a killer team without killing yourself or your team. All of that's really, really important to me. And and frankly, they're going to be strikingly impressive. You know, Virgil, I run into pastors all the time and say, well, you know, our church is just rough around the edges and we just reach the down and out and the blue collar person and the broken. And I said, well, there might be a reason for that. Mm -hmm. like you may not have anyone on your team that has the leadership quotient to lead anybody higher than that. Right. You know, and so while we need to reach the down and out and the broken and the addicted and the socioeconomically depressed, man, one, one of the one of the churches we're coaching right now in, in Orlando, the, the general manager of the Orlando Magic has started coming to his church. Wow. And it's opened his eyes to say, oh, my God, everything's got to get better. <laughs> and then the, the, the general manager of the Orlando Magic signs up for his <clears throat> first impression team and immediately is frustrated. By just the lack of clarity, the lack of communication, the yeah. lack of good systems that they have on that team, because he's he's used to things happening right. Yeah. So man, we got We got to get better. We got to get better in the church at this and and Ooh. lead killer teams. This is good. Okay, so I want to do this. Wait, we're on a live call webinar right now. Everybody, come on. I know if you just tuned in a few minutes ago and we had already started, we are on the Avail live call webinar of the month with our author of the month, Sean Lovejoy, the book of the month, building a killer team without killing yourself or your team, by the way, important there. Um, and, and we want to know who you are, but let's take a moment in the chat, everybody. I want some chat participation because that shows us you're leaning in. I want you to type in killer equal sign strikingly impressive. I think that's, I think we got to aim for that, but I want you to type in the chat killer equals like math, 
strikingly impressive. And that's what we have to aim for in our organizations, in our ministries, in our churches. I love this. By the way, in just a few moments, Sean Lovejoy, the author himself, is going to be sharing with us a special offer, which only our avail, our avail viewers and listeners are going to be able to get here on this live call. So keep your ears open, keep an eye on the chat. In a few moments, Sean's going to share that with us. Now, Sean, coming back to the book, um, there's, there's, there's a subject that you touch on that is, I think personally, it's much bigger than we realize it is as leaders. In chapter four, specifically, you make an emphasis on the importance of meetings. Can you just talk a little bit about, about meetings and why leaders need to pay attention to this as they're leading their teams? Yeah, I just think meetings are the playing field of, of great teams. It's where the magic happens. I think every great idea ought to come out of a meeting. Yeah. Um, the, the first pillar of building a killer team is fostering togetherness. And mm. our job as the leader is take all this talent I tell pastors all the time, this may shock you, but the worship ministry just doesn't care about the children's ministry. I'm just going to be really straight honest with you. And the children's <laughs> ministry, they don't care about the worship ministry. They rarely get to go in the worship service anyway. So you've got to take this talent that will tend to only care about their team. That's good. They will only tend to care about their team. And you have to drag them kicking and screaming to the table and, and help them learn to care about each other and communicate with each other. and. Ooh and build synergy with each other. To me, it's like raising three kids, you know, as the spiritual parent, it's like pulling teeth to get all of my family to share a meal together. These days. Yeah. yeah. Know, but every time we sit down together, one of my children will say, why don't we do this more often? I'm like, uh -huh. are you freaking kidding me? <laughs> do you know what I went through to get everyone at this table? You know, everybody's too busy. So you, you think you're interrupting their ministry. Okay. To, to have them come to a meeting. And I would say the meeting is the work. The team is the work. Yeah. It's not a distraction from the work. Yeah. The team is the work. When we entered into COVID, <clears throat> Phil Jackson, Hall of Fame coach for the Chicago Bulls, Lakers, Kobe, mm -hmm. you know, Shaq, Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan. all that. Mm -hmm. So the NBA is playing with no fans in the stands. And they're asking Phil Jackson, how are teams going to like, you know, how are they going to stay energized throughout the course of the season? He said, the team that will win during this pandemic is the team that, quote, fosters togetherness. Wow. And I thought, why does Phil Jackson get that better than most Christians? I mean, better than most pastors. And I ripped that term from him because I'm like, that is so true. You know, when it's difficult, when our backs are against the wall, yeah. when we want to quit, that one of the great advantages of having a team is you don't all want to quit on the same day. Can I get a witness? Yes. You know what I'm saying, mm -hmm. Virgil? And so, Come on. man, getting that team to learn to value our interdependence, to strive for that koinonia. If we, if we don't have koinonia as a team, we won't have koinonia as a church, that intimate fellowship. And that takes time. It takes consistency. It takes proximity. You know, and as the leader, that's our job to get everybody to the table and get them to care about the collective goal more yeah. than their role. Yeah, that's good. So fostering togetherness is key. And part of that is understanding the purpose of, of meetings. Is it true, Sean, would you agree that some people, some people, they just, they, they can't, the idea of meetings bothers them, right? And, and can, can I also be honest and say, sometimes leaders don't know how to run meetings. Would you agree with that? I don't. And, and most bad meetings are due to what I call one-dimensional meetings. 
Mm-hmm. You know, there's five purposes of meetings. It's community, it's communication, it's collaboration, it's coaching, it's cheering on each other. I outline all those in the book and break them down. But if we're only like focused on like one of those for, okay, what do we need to talk about today? What fires we need to put out? Oh my goodness, just kill me. You know what I'm saying? That's what you call an energy vampire meeting. Just <laughs> suck the life and energy out of the room. But if we'll, if we'll begin relationally and end with affirmation and encouragement and man, pick some things that we can decide, work on together, man, everybody begins to sit up on the edge of their seats. And then of course, we talk about bolstering accountability and having action-oriented meetings where what we talk about actually gets done, which energizes the most elite talent on your team and helps expose the ones who want to get by with just talking about what we're going to do and never taking action. So all that comes in in putting together a great, effective meeting environment. I love that. I think it's so true, you know, speaking from my journey, you know, in my pastoring and my leading in, in you know, in ministry as, as a lead pastor, um, you know, I would say that one of the things that I've paid more attention to, and it has been significantly helpful is the meetings. Now we're talking, hey, everybody, we're on a live call webinar right now. If you are, I'm, I'm sure everybody's taking notes like me right now, as Sean is sharing, um, we are on the available live call. Today's, this month's um, book of the month is Building a Killer Team Without Killing Yourself or Your Team. The author of the month is Sean Lovejoy. After this next question, we're actually going, going into a special offer on how you can get this book. I'm going to say it for free. Any Hispanics, gratis. <laughs> for free, it's coming up in a few moments. Uh, I want to jump into one, one more question before that offer, Sean, and I'm getting a lot of people typing in questions as well. Now, let, let's talk about this, and, and you talk about this in your book as well, and some of the, the questions that leaders ask are kind of around this topic about values-driven. What does it mean to be a values-driven leader, and then what are some of the consequences if leaders are not values-driven? Yeah, so the number one thing we owe our team as a leader outside of our own health and growth is just clarity, clarity, hmm. and oftentimes we're frustrated with our teams. You know, and leaders will say to me, of course, in my coaching over the years, this kind of bubbled up in my coaching. It bubbled up in my leadership first and then in my Mm -hmm. coaching. So I'm frustrated with a team member. But where is my expectation documented? Where where is that in writing? So where is that expectation? Is that is that expectation in their ministry description and their job description? Do we have a normal set of behaviors which I think values are best expressed as behaviors. What are the, the behaviors that I expect from my team? Mm. So if I'm frustrated by someone on my team, the question is, is it documented anywhere that that's my expectation of them? Or is that expectation in my head? You know, when I, when I tell my wife, hey, baby, you think you could pick up some milk at the grocery store? Well, what I mean is today. <laughs> <laughs> And what, of course, what I expect her to, to read my mind. And we do, we do that with leaders with our teams, you know. So we created a new system in our house with these little reminder apps and our smart devices. <laughs> I can add it. She, I know the day she goes to the grocery store every Thursday. Come on. I can add something to that list prior to Thursday. And either it gets on there or it doesn't. It gets bought on Thursday. Eliminated zero tension around there being no milk in the refrigerator. You know, because the reality is that the reason milk wasn't there, it was my fault. No, it wasn't her fault. It's not my fault. And it's just so many times as a leader, we've not been as clear as we need to be. So we have core values, 
their their actual core values and their aspirational core values. A lot of teams mm-hmm. have what I call aspirational core values, like yep. excellence. You know, Bill Hybels picked that one, I think, first 35 years ago. And so a lot of churches ran out. But I can pull off the highway until a church doesn't value excellence by the weeds in their landscaping. Sure. You know what I'm saying? It, it, there's a gap between what we say we value and what we really value. Mm-hmm. So a healthy organization closes the gap between what we say we value, and that should be documented, and the behaviors that we live out on a daily basis. For example, with our 18 coaches at Courage to Lead, one of the things we commit to with all the pastors and CEOs that we coach is we, the 24-hour rule. Um, our ridiculous responsiveness is one of our values. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's a behavior I can hold my coaches accountable to. So I don't coach them situationally. I coach them systemically. Every coaching conversation that I have with a leader, I should be able to trace back to some documentation where it was laid out for them in black and white. And we catch up and review on and around those values from time to time and see how we're doing. And it cre- it's, it's, a, it's discipleship 101, if you want my opinion. I mean, it's, it's how we develop people on our team, getting clear about the values and then holding them accountable to them. Yeah, I know I'm not the only leader who sometimes who struggles with this because you have, you know, that person where you clearly, I said that everybody needed to be here at 8 a.m., but then they're not getting there at 8 a.m. But then if I go back, where does it say that? Where, where, where did we clarify it? Was well, that know, clear? And, yeah, yeah, usually it's not as clear as we think we, we, we're not as clear as we think we are. Sure. And, and that's just to give a superficial, simple example. But so many times as leaders, we live in frustration because of unmet expectations but if we really assess and evaluate, it's that we haven't been values driven. We haven't been clear, which is a huge thing. I love this. Hey, I, lo- I love this. Sean, I want to do something right now. And our Avail team is uh, is standing by as well. They're going to be putting the information, uh, the links in the chat. But I would like for you to share the special offer for this book, Building a Killer Team Without Killing Yourself or Your Team. Share with our Avail viewers and listeners what the special offer is. Yeah, so they have, I mean, thanks to Avail and Inspire as well, another brand, you know, that you guys have that you publish mm-hmm. under. When They haven't done this for every author, but they've done this for a few authors. When, yeah. they, when they read a manuscript and they believed in it so much, you know, they put together a killer offer. And so I and them, because of the how we've been able to put the book, book together and publish it, I'm literally able to give it away at my cost. Wow. So I, it, it, it cost me about $7 and some odd cents to, to print the book, have it shipped to me and ship it out. And that's what I'm giving it to leaders for killerteambook.org. I'll give the book to you. If you'll pay, pay for the printing, shipping and handling, I'll give you the book and um, you can purchase extra copies for your team and all that. We may make a little bit before it's all said and done, but the first book, it's literally my cost. I'm send, I'll, I'll send you a copy. Digital and hardback, digital and hardback. This is great. Hey, everybody, if you missed it right now, our Avail team is putting the link in the chat, killerteambook.org, killerteambook.org. The generosity of this month's author, Sean Lovejoy, is that you- And the publishing team. And the publishing team. And the team, you can get this book for free. Just cover the shipping. And let me tell you, it is going to be one of the most well-worthy- in you know shipping investments that you've made in your life to get this book the link is in the chat come on if you are free in jesus type it in, type in the chat 
I am free and the book is free. Type in the chat. We like to get everybody connected and involved. It's fun to get excited about things that we should get excited about. And I don't know about you, but I'm excited about this book. In fact, share that link with your friends, share it with ministry leaders, share it with pastors. We want the generosity to flow beyond you. Don't hold the secret to yourself. Share it. If you have a pastor friend, a leader friend, somebody in business or marketplace who wants to build their, build a, a killer team, which, which by the way, we said it earlier, killer equals strikingly impressive. If that's you, or if you know some people, copy and paste that link into your phone, onto your onto your computer, share it with some friends because you love them and tell them, hey, the book is for free. If you want to go the extra mile and be extra generous, just 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 purchase a bunch by, by saying, I want the book for free. Tell them, tell your friends, go get it. Cover the shipping. The book is yours. I want to tell you, building a killer team is what's going to help your organization go to the next level because you can be an amazing leader, you by yourself, but you will have a lid. But when you have a great team who is running alongside with you, as this book talks about, it's going to help you go a lot further. We're, we're going to talk more about the offer and share the link a, a couple times more throughout uh, this call. Um, but let's let's continue this conversation, Sean. I love this. I'm getting ramped up just talking with you, and I'm getting ideas as I, as you're talking, Sean, which I love. Um, let's talk about this next question. Let's talk about recruiting talent and developing current talent, right? Um, What's more important, recruiting new talent, developing talent that you already have? You know, how do leaders juggle this balance? Like, what are some thoughts in this arena? Whether you're an innovator in ministry, business, or your community, Avail Plus is designed to take you to the next level. What is Avail Plus? It's an exclusive leadership resource that offers access to brand new premium resources like books, study guides, and masterclasses. It's a chance to connect with other leaders on live calls and classes. It's early access to materials no one else has held in their hands. It's the catalyst to your next season of growth as a leader. To find out more about how you can become a member of Avail Plus, head over to theartofleadership.com forward slash avail dash plus. Well, first of all, I tell pastors all the time specifically, like you have to reach more people than you think to have a net gain each year. Wow. We live in a highly transient world now and people don't stay in one area like they, you know, did for 30 years, you know, years ago. So if you're if you if you're reaching 10% or 20% new people every year, well you're losing that many people. I mean, you offend <clears> that <throat> many people in your sermons, Virgil, mm -hmm. can I get a witness? You know yeah. what I'm saying? I mean, so you have to reach more people than you think you've got to reach. Yeah. You have to be very active and push against the gravitational pull. You're going you want to work to close the back door a little bit, but you got to open the front door wider. And Living, breathing, you know, people that have been run out of all their other churches or can't find a leadership spot or can't get on stage in another church, like they'll just show up at your church. But elite talent, they have to be recruited. Mm. You know, people who don't have anything to do and looking for a platform, looking for a position, they'll sign up on a card. But one of the values of you not going back to the green room after you preach and going out to the lobby pastor is to be on the lookout at while you're out there for the next victim, I mean, leader <laughs> that you're going to recruit. Um, and I tell leaders, you've got to be looking for it. You've got to be, you've got to constantly be in recruiting mode because the most elite talent won't send in their resume and won't sign up on a card. 
So you've got to be looking for talent in your church, outside your church, in your community. That's why you can't get too busy working in it, you know, to work outside of it and network, yeah. go to conferences and build relationships with people and go on social media. All that's really important, you know, for people to know who you are, what you're doing and build sort of a digital resume, if you will, that people want to be a part of, that people know about. Um, years ago, an author told me, no book has ever failed due to content. Think about that. Mm. Most books fail because no one's ever heard about them. Sure. So I feel this tension to put myself out there all the time. But that comes back to benefit me. I have to get over myself a little bit and yeah. not tell people, not say no for people. And mm -hmm. leaders have to do that as well. You got to put yourself out there. You got to ask people to, to be part of your cause if you really believe in it. What, what, kind of on the same topic, Sean, why do you think, why do you think, why would you say that sometimes those elite talents never make it on to that church staff team, you know, or, or, or maybe too late? I mean, like, why do you think that happens? One, we don't really know our leaders. You know, we just stick them at the at the cafe. And they'll serve coffee for a little while, but if they have a leadership gift and they're not leading and we don't recognize it and we're not paying attention to it, that's why our staff, you know, I talk about this in the book, we can't be doers. We've got to be developers. We got to, we can't be down in the minutiae on Sunday. We've got to be going around looking with a set of leadership eyes it's good. and looking for people who have a leadership gift and we better start properly placing them within the body if we don't give them a place to lead they'll go somewhere else you know larry osborne said years ago in sticky church if you'll just assimilate them you'll close the back door of the church it's not true if you stick them in a hole somewhere and they're not developed they're not invested into they're not led they're not coached they're not given an opportunity to lead at a certain point they'll leave they'll leave and they'll leave more wounded than they came in. That's a good word. All right, I gotta put some some pitch music here. We are going to pitch. Come on, Sean Lovejoy's book, Building a Killer Team Without Killing Yourself or Your Team, which are important. You can get this book for free by going to this link. Our Avail team is putting the link in the chat right now. Please click on that link killerteambook.org. I want to make sure you take advantage of this season of generosity that Sean and the team have put together because you don't know how long it's going to last. Make sure you go killerteambook.org. The link is in the chat. Copy and paste that link to some friends. Send it in a text, you know, so they can get it and access it too. If you know a leader, if you know a pastor, if you know a business owner, if you know somebody with leadership giftings and abilities and want to grow, if you know a young leader, invest in their leadership, send them the link, tell them, hey, get the book for free. All you got to cover is the shipping. The book of the uh, month here at Avail is building a killer team without killing yourself or killing your team. We are getting so much wisdom. Come on, I want to do something real quick before we go to the next question and hit the final stretch here. Type in the chat right now. What is, what's the golden nugget you've heard already? I've heard a bunch of golden nuggets. I heard killer equals strikingly impressive. I heard five elements of a meeting, community, communication, collaboration, coaching, cheering on. 
Fostering togetherness is important. Bolstering accountability. Come on, what's the nugget that you're learning? I'm seeing you type it in the chat. What, what actual core values versus aspirational core values? Man, this book is chock full of insight, wisdom. All right, I'll put my music away. I'm, I'm a musician, so I like the music. Sean, I, I'm enjoying this conversation with you. Um, uh, I, I want to talk here as we kind of wrap, go, go get, get in time towards the end here. Um, you talk about in one of the, I think it's chapter 12 of the book, tendencies that sabotage our team building. Speak into that a little bit. Yeah, so one of the most common mistakes we make as a leader is leading others, leading others at the neglect of leading ourselves. Mm. I'm, I'm constantly surprised. I shouldn't be anymore. How many Christian leaders will tell me, Virgil? Well, I'm just not really a reader. Yeah. Or I don't, I don't do conferences anymore. <laughs> and to me, that's like a leadership indictment, because if you stop growing and you stop learning sooner or later, your team will stop growing and they'll stop learning. If you stop getting better at your preaching, in your meetings, you know, mm -hmm. if you're the leader, the bad news is you're the lid. <laughs> the good news is you're the lid. If you get better, everyone and everything else will be better. You'll love this, Virgil. I tell leaders all the time. Of course, Sam Chan was one of my mentors and coaches and now a great colleague and friend. I tell most of what I learned, I, I stole from Sam Chan. Sam Chan <laughs> stole it from somebody else. I tell leaders all the time, if you're ever hearing me speak and you, you're like, I've heard that somewhere before, I guarantee it. I've never had an original thought. I, everything I know, I've learned from someone else. But you I'm know on. what? That's true for you. Mm -hmm. It's true for everyone listening today. So you, you, you've got to lead yourself. You've got to grow. You need a coach. You, you, you need a personal development plan. You need accountability, all of those things. And then managing at the neglect of leading would be the second big sabotage. You sure. know, I see, you know, if we just show up to them, no, nobody wants to be managed. Everyone does want to be led. So making sure that we are intentional and strategic and there's preparation um, that goes into our meetings, our one-on-one -on -one meetings and our group meetings so that we are, we have a, we have a development plan for our team and a strategy yeah. to reproduce ourselves and other people. One of the greatest challenges of a leader is teach people to see what you see and think what, like you think. And that requires intentionality and preparation. You got to have a plan. And so don't manage your team. You mm. suck the life out of your team. Lead your team. Rise up a, a level higher. If you want to just create yes men and yes women, come in and you know throw the book at them, so to speak, and tell them yeah. what to do, you'll create a team that can't think, can't make decisions, can't do. And, and that's why we have a leadership crisis when it comes to succession in the church. Yep. In our nation, because a lot of the church staffs, they can't, they were never taught to think. Mm. They just do what the dictator pastor says. Wow. You know, and it's an indictment on the church. We've got to, we've got to be strategic and intentional in how we lead our team. So good. To make decisions, to see what we see. Jesus said, mm. open your eyes, guys. Mm. Don't I want you to see what I see? He was talking to his disciples in that conversation. And that's what we've got to do. Guys, open your eyes. I yep. want to train you to see what I, you don't see it yet. That's okay. But I need you to learn to see what I see. I need you to learn to do what I do. I need you to think like I think long term. And that just requires a big commitment on our part. Sean, it kind of sounds like you're passionate about this lead. It just sounds a like a little bit. It sounds like like you care. 
just a little bit. C- come on, what's your heart? What's your heart for pastors and <laughs> leaders? Come on, come on, pour it out right now. What, what do you want to see happen in churches and with pastors and leaders and through this book? This doesn't have to kill you, leader. Come on. And if you're overwhelmed and overextended and overcommitted, you really have got to ask yourself, is this because Jesus has put more on me than I can handle? Or is it because I've taken too much on myself because I'm a little bit of a control freak because I won't trust people because I won't slow down long enough to teach someone else to do it and reproduce myself in someone else and create a ministry that can outlive me. This doesn't have to kill you. It wasn't designed to kill us, but it's killing lots of leaders, Virgil. And it makes me angry. Yeah. And, And it's not because Jesus has put that yoke on that leader. He or she has put a yoke on themselves, an expectation of themselves that Jesus didn't even place on them. And there's a reason why most churches get stuck, you know, is because it's all one family can do, or it's all a few paid people can do. And they never really reach outside of that and build teams at every level. And that's the real focus of this work. Love it. I love the passion. I share the passion. Guys, let me, I'm gonna put on my pitch music right now. Here it is. Come on. You got to go. Our avail team is putting the link in the chat right now to killerteambook.org. Thanks to this month's avail author of the month, Sean Lovejoy, and this team that's put together this amazing offer, which means you can get the book for free. Gratis. Just cover the shipping. The book is yours. Why is it helpful? It's going to help you help lead your organization to the next level, to grow as a leader, to build a killer team. Killer equals strikingly impressive. We want to see this happen. Sean, this is awesome. I, I'm, I'm, I'm so thankful for this offer because I think some people are going to lean into this. By the way, if I didn't say it, copy and paste that link, share it with somebody. Uh, and, and Sean's got so many resources that are going to help you and his, you're going to love it. Check it out. Get this book. Um, Can I do something, Sean, real quick, just kind of off the cuff? Can I ask you a couple just leadership questions off the cuff? Here's the first one. Here's the first one. What do you do for fun? What do you like to do for fun? I'm a huge college football fan. Ooh. Okay. So I live that in the fall. I'm there. I'm I'm in it. Okay. And you live in Alabama. That's that's where you live in Alabama. So the way we roll, it's religion down here, man. You know, so, but I, I love Star Wars. Okay. I'm a 51 year old man. I built a lightsaber at Galaxy's Edge this year and walk. I walked through Disney with a lightsaber. Come on, come on. And I was proud of it. Okay. That's the kid. That's the kid. Believe it or not, I collect Marvel comic books with my son. All right. I've got a three year unbroken string of the amazing Spider Man from the 80s. And it's not for sale, just in case you're wondering. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Some people are jealous right now. All right. Here's the next, here's the next question. What, what makes you laugh? My granddaughter color. Color means to reflect light. It's a very millennial name. Mm-hmm. My one granddaughter, when she laughs, man, I barely laugh. It's the funniest thing in the world, you know, and my wife makes me laugh 29 years of marriage. And she still cracks me up. She asks me sometimes, are you laughing at me or with me? (laughs) And my answer is always both. But she makes me laugh after 29 years of marriage still today. I like it. I like it. I like it. What worries you or concerns you? That leaders would play the role of the victim these days. 
you know, we blame the economy, blame the politics, blame the pandemic. Mm -hmm. You know, it's tougher where I live. You know, I can't tell you how many pastors have told me that, you know, it's tougher in our industry. Well, you don't know our area. You know, you don't know our church. Uh, you don't know the South. You don't know the North. You don't know the East. You don't know the West. I mean, everybody's got a reason why, you know, they can sort of move the goalpost a little bit uh -huh. where they can lessen the dream when, when God says, no, 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 don't, 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 don't be a victim. You're not responsible for what you can't do. You know, you're all res a thousand percent responsible for where you are. And what mm -hmm. you can do. So my prayers for leaders right now, they wouldn't play that victim card, but get busy. Take responsibility for what you can do. And let's go. That's good. Two more, two more. Okay. What excites you? What excites you about the future? Uh, I think it's an unprecedented time, you know, for the church. We have more tools at our disposal than in the history of the church. Don't you and I wished we would have had a book like Killer Team when we were 20? Come on, yes. You know, when I planted a church in 28, we had the church planners toolkit on cassette tape, brother. That's all we had. <laughs> Robert Logan. Thank you, Bob. You know, that's it. That's all we had. And John Maxwell, Enjoy Life Club. That's it in 1999. Today, <clears throat> man, there's no excuse for me to be isolated. Yeah. And not be a learner, not be a leader, you know, because there's so much great stuff out there. I, I have at my disposal to what I call skip over another leader's pain. Hmm learning yeah last question of these little off the cuff here what breaks your heart when pastors disqualify themselves because mm. it doesn't just affect them you know it affects their family affects the body and affects the church in general the <clears throat> big c church it affects the big c church and we're seeing that happen a lot right now you know and so the reason why one of the reasons i'm so passionate about this book is the tagline I want you to do this while I see these pastors like living these long ministry careers. And then right yeah. at the end, it's getting yeah. muddy and bloody. And a lot of it is because a lot of these disqualifications that have happened in the church, if you think about it, whether it's money, sex, or power, those leaders had allowed a, a culture of fear yeah. to surface among the team. And people had things on their antennas, their radars, checks in their spirit but no one felt the permission to talk to the leader about it mm. so don't let that happen to you leader don't get isolated don't don't create it don't be a dictator don't 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 create a fear-based culture where nobody where you're untouchable because you're, you're 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 on, you're on thin ice you know when you build that kind of culture i want you to build a team where we share the last 10 percent with each other they to me and me to them and we're, we're approachable we're coachable and 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 building this thing so that it can outlive me. That's what I'm doing today. So, so good, everybody. Man, what a good avail live call webinar this has been. Sean, you're going to give us a, a final nugget to leave on everybody's heart in a moment here. Let me just reiterate today's special offer. Every time we do an avail live call webinar every month. It's good to connect because you never know what the offer is going to be. And today's offer is a special offer. Our Avail team is putting the link in the chat right now. Copy and paste that link or just click on that link so you can see the offer at killerteambook.org. Killerteambook.org. The special deal, the book is for free. Just cover the shipping. Thank you, Sean Lovejoy, for your generosity. Thank you to the, a team, the team that's come together to say, 
we wanted to do this special offer for all of you avail viewers and listeners consider yourselves blessed in fact type in the chat right now i want my book come on type it in there declare it it's my, it's mine but you got to do something you got to go to the link share the link with some friends share the link with some leaders and i hope you're leaning in to sean lovejoy who's got experience from the marketplace and the business world He's got experience in ministry and pastoring, and his heart right now beats for pastors and leaders and organizational leadership. You need this book, Building a Killer Team, without killing yourself or your team. You need it in your leadership resources, and your team needs it in their leadership resources. Before we get to that final nugget, Sean, how can people stay connected? Are you on social media? Is that somewhere where people can also follow you and connect with you? Absolutely. At Sean Lovejoy one S-H-A-W-N, Lovejoy, two fruits of the spirit, tough to live up to. That name's ah. tough to, live to. At Sean Lovejoy one on Instagram and also my Facebook page. I'm on LinkedIn as well. And then Courage to Lead, of course, is our marketplace expression, CourageLead.com. CourageousPastors.com is where Come we on. put out all tons of, you know, free content for pastors there. That is awesome. Hey, make sure you jot down these resources. Um, if you came on this live call a little bit late, you know, make sure you're looking through the chat right now and clicking on that link for the special offer, the special offer, killerteambook.org. Get Sean Lovejoy's new book, Building a Killer Team Without Killing Yourself or Your Team. Get it for free. Just cover the shipping. What a blessing. Sean, what is one final nugget you want to leave on everybody's hearts before we finish? I guess just talk about legacy. You know, at the end of the day, leader, I want you thinking about your legacy. What will your legacy be? What, when you look back over your career, what are you going to be most proud of? And I'll tell you this, it's not going to be the platform. It's not going to be the size of the institution, the nickels and the noses. You're, you're going to tell me about spiritual sons and daughters. That's what you're going to tell me. Mm -hmm. You're going to boast about people who experienced life change under your leadership, who rose up through the internship program mm -hmm. in your church or your business. And by the time you hand it off, they're leading it in your stead. That's what you're going to boast about, you know, one day. So I would just challenge you as leaders today, recenter your life and your heart. Stop trying to build this big thing and be rich and famous and have a big platform and big institution. Build people. Yeah. Make people the goal. The church is people. I can't believe we forget that, Virgil. The church is people and the team is the work. And the cool thing about it is that's sort of never ending. So it gets fun. I mean, some of the most depressing times as a pastor is driving home after Easter services when we had hit our numerical goal mm. and realize, oh my gosh, Sunday comes in seven more days. <laughs> it's so fleeting. Woo. The focus on growth at the expense of health. Yeah. And if you'll really make people building the focus of your ministry, focus of your calling, focus of your leadership, it becomes a lot of fun. And it will be your most proud legacy one day out there. You'll boast about people. And that I think that's okay. Paul said, hey, have you seen Timothy? Have you seen Barnabas? Come on. Have you seen these guys that I reproduced myself in? And he decreased so they could increase. And that's the, that's great leadership. Drop the mic. Boom. I love it. So good. Wisdom, insight, experience. I love it. Uh, Sean, thank you so much for um, 
coming on for this live call and pouring your, yourself and your leadership through this book and through so many other resources. Uh, thank you for being obedient to God's call upon your life. Uh, on behalf of the uh, the Avail team, Dr. Sam Chand, Martine Van Tilburg, everybody who's behind the scenes making Avail go, inspires, well, all these, all these things. Uh, we just want to say, Sean, we honor you and we're thankful for your life. Same for you, my friend. Thank you for what you do. Thank you for joining us for this episode of The Avail Podcast with our guest, Sean Lovejoy. You can connect with Sean by visiting CourageToLead.com and CourageousPastors.com. For more leadership resources, check us out at TheArtOfLeadership.com and make sure to claim your free annual subscription of The Avail Journal at AvailJournal.com. If you'd like to connect to our growing leadership community on Facebook, visit AvailLeadershipConnect.com. As always, I'm your Avail Media host, Virgil Sierra. Muchas gracias. Thank you for connecting with us to learn the art of leadership here at the Avail Podcast.